And this episode of Yalabat is sponsored by Wolf & Val, which is a German company that makes German beverages using German produce from German farms. And the beverage is Apple Juice, which is EU-certified organic with zero sugar added. They're launching in Singapore with sparkling apple juice and non-sparkling apple juice. Uh, I mean, I, I like apple juice, but generally I'm sick of the apple juice that just feels very manufactured and plasticky almost. Mm. So what I like about Wolf & Val is that because we've tried it and it does feel like a nice balance between something that feels like juice you know with the pulp and something that could be used for an occasion with friends for example right for me like I think if there was an occasion where I, where I felt like okay should I bring wine but I don't want to bring something alcoholic I would actually bring a bottle of Wolf and Vala because it has that kind of feel to it and I think it's it's the perfect thing for something to share with friends like, because it tastes pretty awesome and it'll be perfect for upcoming celebrations for Deeper Valley and Christmas of course assuming that we move to phase 3 and you're allowed to have little <laughs> gatherings at home like. and we still do have a promo code that you can use till November 2nd and it's Yalabat. You can get 30% off when you buy stuff from their website. The link of which is wolfandvald.com. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, and you have, yeah, till November 2nd to get your apple juice. So check them out. And for now, on to the episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. What is up, man? Terrence, you know, we're three days away from a monumental, monumental day. La. Which is? Uh, I mean, depending on when you listen to this podcast, it yeah. will be November 3rd minus uh, the date of your, forget, okay, the US elections. The US elections. The, U, the, US, the US elections, man. It's like they just crept, us, crept up on us because huh? there's, there's like so yeah. much bad news in the news every single day. I mean, I guess if you ever stop and think how monumental this is, because uh, as ridiculous as US politics is, whatever happens there will trickle down to the rest of the world. Mm. And I remember how we found out uh, what we were doing. Do you remember what we were doing when the un- results of the last election was re- announced? We were Do filming a hidden camera video. Eh? I remember yeah, very clearly. <laughs> at Waterloo Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember very clearly. <laughs> Exactly. I remember yeah. the clients were on the shoot and then we were checking our phone and then like I suddenly saw what the fuck Trump is president? How the hell yeah. did that happen? Because back then I think all instances were pointing all red polls and all were pointing towards Hillary Clinton being nominated, like right. Logic then suddenly, was boom. logic was pointing towards Hillary Clinton getting nominated. <laughs> I mean But I yeah. think logic amongst uh a certain demographic la. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have come to realize the existence of another demographic that totally sees Trump being president as the logical direction. Yeah. Um, but now the interesting thing is there's all this talk of the silent voter, you know, mm-hmm. the silent Trump voter, which reminds me of the silent majority in Singapore. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So who knows, man? We'll probably we'll we'll probably speak about something related to the election on the next podcast or two podcasts from now. Because yeah. it just feels like there would definitely be something to talk about. La. I mean the yeah uh, remember like I think when Trump that that's one of the things that uh, Trump getting elected as president of the U.S. was one of those events in your life that you you probably never forget what you were doing at the exact point when you found out like like mm. nine like nine eleven I remember like when I first heard about it in army camp and you know I was listening to a radio and and a live feed of like the a reporter on the ground and stuff like that oh, and people are like oh my god the White House is next and stuff like that. And um, then yeah. yeah, then then Hillary Clinton. I mean, uh, Donald Trump beating Hillary Clinton was another do you remember? very big deal. Yeah. Do you remember when Obama got elected? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you it were was in New York, like, right? I was in New York, and it was very happy. Uh, yeah. It, at least la. the mood, the mood was much more happier. Where you were, like in New York, la. I don't yeah, know about yeah, the yeah. mid mid the Midwest or anything. Yeah, la. exactly. 
<laughs> in the in the but the real America lah, right? So the real is, America, yeah. yeah. But today's first topic is also about a political a political individual. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but but before we get there, yes, Terence, why don't why don't you do wait? What did I do it last week? Yeah, or did you, you do it last week? Oh, okay, did, so yeah. then then why not you do the honors this week? Yeah. So as always, if you find that this podcast was use, was useful to you in any way, whether it made you laugh. Uh, made you cry, made you angry, made you sad, made you go and check out Xiaxue or, or Nas Daily or something. If you feel that this was helpful to you, do recommend it to at least one person today. You know, just yeah. send a WhatsApp message. Just tell someone, hey, try listening to this. It's really funny. And that will help us out a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, just keep keep it keep the tabs on Yalabad Podcast. And, hey, speaking, TM, of which, yeah. speaking of which, we got a very damn beautiful fan art that was done on our on our Reddit thread, have you seen it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. Huh? They they drew they someone I think but then Hall, the user yeah. but then Hall drew a uh, yellow but fan art, which was essentially uh, caricatures of you and me lah. Mm. Yeah, what do you think of the drawing? I, saw, I, saw. I think it's them sweet. It's them cute. It's them cute. <laughs> Although I, I thought ana- uh what's the word anatomically uh, your eyes and my eyes were the same size, <laughs> which I felt was really strange. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I don't know whether to take it as an insult or a compliment. Mm-hmm, correct, correct. Right. Yeah. So an- anatomically uh, uh, anatomically questionable drawing, but very sweet nonetheless. And I know, mm. like, I know, like we've, we have actually gotten a, a good amount of fan art and memes and we are thinking about doing something, something magical with it. So all of you all creating fan art, please, Please continue. We will we will come back to you all with some of the thoughts percolating in our head. La. Yep, yep, yep. But so keep them coming. And on to the first topic, which is actually yeah. a continuation of last week's. Was it? No, no, it's not a continuation. I mean, in some way, it's related. La. It's yeah, related. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Uh, I mean, what we talked about last week was the the words that were spoken by the French president. Uh, Mac- okay, fuck. I can't remember. President or prime minister? I always get it fucking president, Mr. Prime president. Minister. President. Huh, it's really a yeah. president. Okay. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. Uh, president of France, Macron. He said um, after in in response to a horrible murder of a middle school teacher in France mm. um, by a terrorist mm. uh, uh, who beheaded him in broad daylight, mm. uh, President Macron said some stuff about how um, Islam as a religion needs enlightenment, um, and in a, in a secular country like France, they will not tolerate these sort of things they will they will continue to fight for free speech and all that because the middle school teacher if you haven't heard it already um, he showed the controversial comics that got Charlie Hebdo uh, in, in deep waters five years ago to his students which mm. uh, from what I understand is also part of the recommended curriculum for the syllabus on free ex- freedom of expression he gave a warning to any Muslim kids who might be offended uh, yep. to leave uh, the class if they wanted to he showed it and then one of the daughters fed back to her father and after that there was this guy who caught wind of it this 18 year old guy he, and he found a teacher after school one day killed him and beheaded him la. in so broad Macron, daylight right in broad in daylight, broad daylight yeah, la. so so I mean yeah he was cornered by the police and shot dead um, and in the days after that uh, President Macron was, was did publicly address the whole thing um, but the, those words that he said that I mentioned earlier angered the, a lot of the Muslim world and there were mm. all these leaders like Turkey's Erdogan um, I think uh, some other political leaders from the Muslim world voiced out and Mahathir we did say on our last podcast also hey, he hasn't said anything yet huh? yeah right yeah, he hasn't said but then on October 29th 
he he took to fucking Twitter. I didn't even know he had Twitter, which yeah. you took to for a 95 year old guy. Kind of have to give credit lah. Yeah. Uh, he that he he's pretty prolific on Twitter. So so what was the gist of what he said? Uh, uh I mean, he had 13 points, right? 13. Yeah. It was I think it was taken from his blog post, and then he split yeah. it up into 13 different tweets lah. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you have them in front of you? I, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I do. Oh, so you expecting me to to go through the whole chronology? Oh yeah? uh, no, la, no, la, But if because I, I want to give you air time, bro. Okay, I can. You know, I, can, I don't want to be talking the whole time. Of course, but but okay, I mean, you love to talk. In front you of love me, to la. talk all the time, so I'm giving you that space to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I do love to talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so do you before. have it? No, I don't have it in front of me. I have my laptop. Okay, okay. Hi yo. Okay. So the the thirteen points essentially yeah, it was one of those Twitter threads kind of thing. But the first few I mean generally he talked about okay, the horrible murder, uh the killing is not an act that he as a Muslim would approve. Um and then he goes on to talk about how he believes in freedom of expression, but you also can't just go around insulting people, uh and insulting uh religious uh leaders and insulting religion mm. so then he talked about how in the west you know they used to be conservative but over time they've become a lot more liberal and he used like dressing uh, mm. as an example like they used to be all covered up now and i he said and i quote um something along the lines of like uh only a little string covers the most secret place which is a mm. g-string or a thong la. Yeah. So then he talks about how the West might accept such liberal views as normal, but they cannot impose it on the East. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so he kind of said that Macron is not showing he's civilized. He's very primitive in blaming the religion of Islam and Muslims for the killing mm. of the insulting school teacher. So he already labeled the school teacher as an insulting person. Mm. Keep in mind that this guy is deceased. Mm. Um, so, uh, and then he said, irrespective of the religion professed, angry people kill. And this is quotations directly from his blog. The French, in the course of their history, has killed millions of people. Many were Muslims. Mm. And the next point, bullet point number 12, and the number is important because we will get to that. Muslims have a right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. But by and large, the Muslims have not applied the eye for an eye law. Muslims don't. The French shouldn't. Instead, the French should teach their people to respect other people's feelings. Mm. And then the 13th point was, should you have blamed all Muslims and the Muslim religion for what was done by one angry person? Muslims have a right to punish the French. The mm. boycott cannot compensate the wrongs committed by the French all these years. And that was that. Um, so when, how do you catch wind of that Twitter storm? Uh, I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, you posted in our Facebook group or something that Mahathir mm. has finally spoken up. And then when I accessed it to read it at that point in time, uh, everything was up, lah. Everything was there. Nothing was taken down yet, lah. Mm, mm. mm. But subsequently, yeah. there was some more activity, right? Yeah. So, um, initially, I think uh, it was up for a few hours, and then the tweet was censored by Twitter. So mm. Twitter, over the years, right? Um, for the longest time, their CEO and founder Jack Dorsey has always been, "We are a platform. We don't want to fuck around with what people post," mm. right? But then, when ISIS came up and Twitter was being used as a tool very prolifically by ISIS to spread their propaganda, yeah. Twitter was kind of like forced to take a stand, like, And then they started, you know, terminating accounts, mm. um, deleting tweets and all that. And by and large, yeah, like, there's some vile tweets out there they delete. So over the course of the past few years, they've come up with a few different tiers of censorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and initially, they left it up as saying as some as um, a tweet. So you know, like when you're on Instagram, there's a it says okay, this content might be offensive. Uh, yep. press to view, right? Yep, yep. So Twitter has something simple where for tweets that in their first glance is to delete, 
they would weigh against how much this might be in public interest. And mm. normally, like for politicians and all, they consider tweets, no matter how ridiculous, in the as as something that is in the eyes of the public interest, lah. Mm. So initially, they put that first tier of censorship, saying, okay, this this thing might offend. Just click to view. Mm. Then a few hours later, they deleted and then said it goes against Twitter's guidelines. Yep. So basically, by the course of like I think one day, Twitter deleted the twelfth point of Mahathir's tweet, lah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, and then after that, he came back saying that um, you know, there's uh, he's di- he's disgusted by media for misrepresenting him because the twelfth tweet then became the thing that all the media outlets pointed out, and the twelfth yep. tweet is the one that says. Muslims have a right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. Mm. So that was the timeline of of events generally. Then Martyr came out with another blog post talking about how he's disgusted by being misrepresented. Um, and uh, even Anwar kind of agreed with him, mm. uh, saying that you know everyone should calm down and read the full blog post. But yeah. he also did cheekily end off his own tweet saying Najib, that maybe we Najib, should. Right, not Anwar. Najib. I think Najib, Najib was uh? the one. Yeah, Najib was the one who agreed with him and then cheekily. Poked him at the end. Oh shit! Oh, it's yeah. Najib. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't, so don't Najib... falsehood. Don't falsehood here. <laughs> <laughs> oh goddamn! Yeah. So Najib cheekily just ended off his tweet by saying that, um, yeah. In the meantime, someone should take away all his social media accounts before he does more damage. <laughs> oh shit! It is Najib, not na- is not Najib. Anwar. Goddamn. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I think I've had my 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 uh my desire to talk has been uh, substantially just satiated for now. So you yeah. can. You can finally talk, lah. Yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, it's uh, uh, it, it brings brings us back to remember that case when I think there were protests going on in in uh, all over the different states in the U.S. Yeah, I think Trump tweeted something about uh, you know, the net, you know, telling the protesters the violence, uh, trying to get the violence to stop, and he would not hesitate to call on the national guard to, to you know to 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 uh, and address he had the that situation. One phrase, What's yeah, the phrase? Yeah, the one phrase. The when the looting starts, the shooting, shooting starts. Yeah. So I think in shooting, reference yeah. it was basically in reference to yeah, like if if uh, violence and looting starts, the National Guard will take action against it, like, right? Take very yeah. decisive action. But uh and it became very controversial. I think uh if I'm not wrong, Twitter Twitter removed the tweet, right? Or they, they censored it or something. But Facebook yeah. removed uh, refused to take it down, like, saying that it was, uh, you know, it did not, it did not violate the rules and everything. So a lot of people were. I think there was a lot of arguments about whether um, it was, was it really glorifying violence or or, or encouraging violence against groups, uh, Because, mm. uh, in essence, Trump, you know, he's such an incendiary char- character, and um, the problem. I mean, as much as we say that, you have to look at the context of what he's saying. That he's referring to a national guard and not referring to other people. The problem. With Twitter, especially at Fina, is that one single tweet uh, can very easily be taken out of context because mm. it's uh you know only 140 characters and like in Mahathir's case, he broke up a blog post into many tweets uh. and so if that one tweet is taken out of context, it could easily just be said that yeah Mahathir is condoning uh, is calling for violence against French people and for Muslims to be angry with French people in the same mm. way that you could have also just said Trump is calling for anyone to shoot to shoot on protesters if they start looting right yeah yeah so so having saying i think the excuse that oh you know uh it was taken out of context uh you also have to contextualize that excuse and realize that uh twitter is not exactly the place where nuance 
nuance thrives, like, right? You know? Mm, so, mm. so, so, like, people read tweets and take them very literally, especially if they come from uh, supposed people of authority like Mahathir or Trump. Uh. So, in the yeah. same way that, that, that I didn't feel like what, I didn't feel that what Macron said, certain things that Macron said was right. I also feel that Mahathir, in this case, you know, breaking up their blog into the tweets uh, also robs the tweet of its context as well. Uh. So, so yeah. that's something for him to think about. Uh. What so, do you so think? Before, uh? yeah, before before I, I say what I think, one thing you said uh, did really make me uh, feel better because, you know, just now when I mm. made the mistake of confusing Najib with Anwar, right? Yeah. Um, You said the Twitter limit is 140 characters. Mm. Hello! It's mm. 280. Oh, la. sorry, 280, yeah. Fuck 140, yeah. Whoa, 140 is the, the very old, the, the very old one. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously so not not a Twitter user here, like, you can tell. Fucking October like 2018, <laughs> no, they changed it. God damn it. Whoa, you, we, yeah, we we they, I mean we can't be that boomer, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Okay, people are listening. They expect us to be in in tune with social media. 280 yeah. characters. 280 yes, correct. 280 characters, yeah. 280 yeah. characters. Najib Anwar, 280 characters. Yeah. Okay. What were you saying? Oh, okay. So the thing, yeah, exactly you were saying about the fact that um I mean he's actually come out. In, in kind of just explaining, yeah, like, like what you said, you know, out of context. And then some people are defending him. Mm. Um, in some way, like what Najib said, right, was that yeah. uh, he, what did he say? I strongly, uh, wait, uh, he said something along the lines of, I'm sure he didn't mean exactly what he said. And even if he did, it's his personal opinion, not Malaysia's. Mm. So it just feels like, huh, what the fuck? And there was one South China Morning Post article which was written by their in-house expert, on Malaysia and who also from the name sounds French but she was saying that in some way Mahathir was showing that the freedom of speech right is not equally kind of uh, given out because Mm. here is Macron pushing for freedom of expression freedom of speech and he can say whatever he wants here is Mahathir saying something and he's being clamped down so what is there about freedom of expression and I'm like huh how the fuck mm. does that make sense? Macron yeah. just talked about, yes, he talked about the religion needing enlightenment, which is a, yeah, can be a controversial statement, but for Mathieu to say Muslims have a right to defend, uh, to to kill uh, the French, it's so ridiculous and yeah. it, I don't think he was just trying to test the waters like, because he's been in politics for how fucking long? Like, you can't, you can't just say, oh, that's his opinion, not malicious. So whenever a politician says stuff and then they say, oh, you know, it's taken out of context, I'm like, hello, don't use that fucking argument, man. Yeah. You live in the public sphere for how long and then now all of a sudden you are surprised by how the media acts at something, at what you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the truth is he doesn't represent Malaysia. That's true. He's not the true. prime minister anymore. But but uh, like like Macron like that, I mean, a lot of people look up to him and follow him, you know, as a as a leader, as an inspirational figure. So I don't think anything... Yeah, he, he really needs to be careful about what he tweets out as well. No, huh? no and even though he's not the prime minister of Malaysia, yeah. he recently did set up his own party, right? Perjuang. Mm. And we also spoke about that. Yeah. Um, and now with Muhyiddin... Uh, what's the PM's name, Terence? Ma, 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 Muhyiddin lah. <laughs> wow, Muhyiddin. Okay, okay. Just checking, just checking. <laughs> but we know, we know Muhyiddin's tenure is kind of shaky. Mm. You know, the other political leaders are closing in. And Mahathir is someone who's very respected in the Muslim world. Mm. So, mm. now he's kind of backtracking saying this. But you can imagine in the eyes of people who are more pro-Islam, like they want Islam to be the national religion of, of the countries they're in and all that. Mahathir mm. saying that kind of 
he's almost like taking the approach of you know like Trump like extreme you're appealing to one very strong demographic mm. but at the at the risk of alienating the rest lah but if that demographic is your main voter base right then there's political benefit of saying that also lah so so Mahathir and Mahathir has been in politics so long he pro- he knows how the game works lah so when he yeah. did this I was just like god damn and then the blog post also talking about his how it's misrepresented and all that and just feels like uh how can you say that first line and then whatever you say after that right whether yeah, yeah. muslims don't use the eye for an eye thing it just feels like how does that make sense and on his mm. post you can see people agreeing with him no yeah, i know yeah, yeah. blog posts and comments on blog posts which i never knew people still comment on blog blogs yeah. but not all of them are bots uh. and yeah it is definitely resonating with some people uh, which is the scary part yeah i mean uh, he's not He's, I mean, logically, he's not wrong. And if you really, yeah, if you read the context of everything he's saying, he's not trying to call for violence. But again, uh, there is this expectation that everything that you post will be read and analyzed properly with the right amount of logic and, and, and everything ascribed to it. Which is, you know, the internet is never the case. No one ever, nobody gets past the headlines. Nobody gets past that one tweet, you know. It's always, it yeah. always stops right there. So, yeah, like you said, Mate is a very wily old politician and uh, he doesn't post stuff without definitely without thinking twice about it or at least consulting with his you know uh, advisors or something. He, he's, he's a very savvy guy. Every word he uses has carries weight and is thought through carefully. So uh, yeah, I don't think he has a pass on this one just by saying, eh, Facebook and Twitter sucks, you know, like yeah, everyone else the, does. The, the horrible thing is that the murder of the high middle school teacher took place two weeks ago. Mm. But last week, yeah. I think around the time of Mate's tweet, there was another knife attack at the Notre yeah. Dame in France where three people were killed and one of them was beheaded. And apparently, yeah. the murderer did also shout some uh, phrases, uh, like some Islamic phrases before mm. the, the murder. La. So yeah. it just feels like, God damn, all this... It it just it's 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 putting France in a very very precarious position, like, and, and yeah. it just feels like, wow, this whole debate. How the hell do you wrap your head around it, man? Because yeah, it's a third third of, attack, yeah. I think, in in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, but but speaking also of uh, just now I was talking about headlines and and people not reading the headlines. There was one pretty funny uh thing on Reddit because I think I posted about the that that this latest attack on Reddit. Uh, mm. and and what one of the immediate comments to it was like. Wow, mothership even like uh even put a nice at the end of the URL, you know, uh like well done mothership. Oh and shit. At first I was like, huh? What do you mean by that? Then I went to look at it and I'm like, oh, oh Nice is it, it? Yeah, it took place in Notre Dame in Nice. So uh I mean someone in particular, I guess read it oh. and then saw the URL and thought, oh mothership was saying it's nice. So um yeah, it tells you it's important to read articles, get the full context before immediately jumping to the conclusion that people are like mocking mocking a you know a very gross, gruesome murder, right? <laughs> but oh and, my and god, yeah. The good thing was that someone on our, someone else on our Reddit did then pointed out the, the fact la, that it wasn't mothership trying to be cute or anything or nice or anything. La. It was just saying that it happened in Nice. La. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. And Nice literally is spelled N I C E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, la, oh, that's just shit. Yeah, is that pronunciation matters, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine? I mean, that in a conversation also could be taken out of context, yeah? Yeah, yeah where someone did the murder happen? In, nice. Someone just huh? got beheaded in France. Nice. Where? Right. That's yeah, wrong, right? nice. <laughs> god damn. 
Holy yeah. shit. But but I mean like why why I found found this especially interesting is because Facebook and Twitter are also under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. uh in the lead up to the US elections. And they right, right. do you know the controversy that happened a few days ago with the New York Post article? Uh oh something about Hunter Biden, right? Joe Biden's yeah, son. Hunter yeah, Hunter Biden. Yeah. yeah. So so it uh New York Post article ran uh uh there was a yeah, New York Post article talked about uh how Hunter Biden uh, an, an article that about Hunter Biden, who is the son of the Democratic presidential nominee Joseph Joe Biden, um, and it was a derogatory article. Uh, um, and immediately, Facebook and Twitter started like hiding it or locking the accounts of people who shared it. And it was immediate enough so that, such that the Republicans themselves noticed, and then they started taking screenshots. Uh. So, and Facebook and Twitter, they had to find... I don't know. It just felt like their defense of it was a bit weak because mm-hmm. they were saying that it was um it the article contained unsubstantiated um info that could have been hacked or something. So in the midst of investigating, they they reduced the the visibility or no, they banned it like, which of course opened up themselves to fire for the to uh, by the rep- Republicans like and. I know like a lot of people in the US have voted already, but I think there's probably still these few days there's gonna be mm. like a fuck ton of people voting. So Facebook and Twitter just feels like oh, like um now that they've already started dabbling into what is right, what is wrong, right? There's mm. how the fuck are they gonna navigate this? La? Yeah. And, and just to preempt, because I, I I this is a line of argument that I often see in Singapore, you know, comments that people give and all that that um I don't think I'm very helpful. Uh. There's always that mm. comment like, oh, you know, at the end of the day, these are just businesses and they do what the dollar commands and all that, you know, and then like, there's nothing that you can do to complain. You don't, you don't use their, their service. Uh. You don't, you know, don't use that thing. Uh. If you're not happy with it, don't use their service. You know, don't complain because this is capitalism and all that. So again, uh, I think I think that's a bit of a lazy argument because at mm. the end of the day, Facebook, even within Facebook itself, you and I, we know for a fact uh, in fact, one of them is a MP now. La. Facebook hires smart, uh, educated people, you know, who have degrees or master's degrees or even doctorates in things like political science and, and international relations and things like that. They hire these people and put them in positions to make decisions about this kind of thing la, that, we're to- that, that we're talking about now. Um, mm. and, and it's not, a lot of times, uh, a lot of the decisions they make are not necessarily just an accountant sitting there saying, "Oh, this one, whether it costs us money or business or that." It's a very, it's a, it's a whole group of like, uh, religiously and 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 ethnically very diverse bunch of people coming together to try and make a decision. Uh, but of mm. course, of course, there can be there can be commercial interest involved in that decision. I'm not saying that uh, Facebook is not uh, complicit, you know, in 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 putting commercial interests above above other things, the geopolitical interest and all that. But mm. what I'm just saying is that the, you know, when when you hear that kind of very uncle argument about oh, you know, they're just they're just trying to make money. How can it's not you know it's you don't blame don't blame that don't blame blame the player blame the game lah. That's capitalism or that. I think that's just a lazy argument lah. And and we and this is probably also related to the next topic we're talking about later. But uh, yeah lah. That's yeah. why I feel in Singapore a lot of times uh the lazy uncle argument in the coffee shop. That's what they would say. Uh, so next time that happens to you, please, please bring this up to them. No, uh. but but bring bring what up to them? Like the fact that how do you how do you quantify the fact that Facebook and Twitter can have influence on policy and all that? That's the tricky part, right? Because you're mm. saying like the uncle argument to a certain extent. How you argue against that? Like if someone says that no. okay, you don't use Facebook, you don't use Google Maps, you don't okay. use Twitter. Yeah, again, I I go back to the, the example I always point out was that 
the the struggles that we are having now, say with the tech industry, are parallel to struggles that we had previously with the petrochemical industry, for example, when they mm. were pushing leaded petrol out to everyone and telling everyone it's okay, leaded petrol is fine. Our research shows it's nothing. You know, it doesn't do any harm to the environment, and all these kind of things, like right. And, mm. and there was research. There there was research that uh proved that point, but there was also a lot of research that was against that point, uh. And it's just that it only is only because people started to talk more about it and then realize that it's, you know, can we look longer term? Can we think about the longer term implications of what these industries can have on our, on us as a human species and all that? Then we started to take these questions seriously. And then one thing led to another. And now, you know, today you don't even blink an eyelid when you, when you, the, the petrol you pump is all unleaded already. Like, you know, it's just a given yeah. that it is. So what I'm saying is that, and that involved having regulation also come in. That means, Governments actually stepping in and saying, "No, enough is enough. You no, know, this we're being fucked over enough by these particular industries. Something needs to be done. You know, we need to sit down. Even if it takes years to do it, we got to sit down and do it. It's not just about, uh, you know, are they? It's just a capitalist system, so we just let them do whatever the hell they want. So I think that's that's why I feel it's important to to have that discussion. And even if like it's not easy to come to a solution about what is the exact role that Facebook and Twitter and all that have." But there mm. needs to be more discussion about it rather than just for it to be swept under the carpet. Lah. I mean, I think that's why there's all this talk of, um, you know, breaking up uh, Alphabet, which is the parent yeah. company of Google. And apparently yeah. there's a Senate uh, uh, or Congress uh, meeting uh, going, being planned between Sundar Pichai, yeah. uh Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and I was oh. just fucking I was just wondering do the three of them have like a WhatsApp group or something? Probably. Like, hey bro, you know, like no, I thought it happened. Really. Martyr. I no, thought it happened I, I think that's... There was a, a hearing that Jack Dorsey was like being questioned by Ted Cruz and, and things like that. It if, happened if last week. I think, yeah. I don't know whether that's the last one because this whole thing about, I mean, it feels like I think the, the US government is also, I mean, finally sounds they are, they are like they are grilling them with proper questions because remember the first mm. time the guy was asking Facebook, oh, so how do you make money? You know, like, and then he was like internet ads. You yeah. know, like, it just felt like what, what the fuck are you all talking about? Like? Correct, but then going right. back to what you were saying, you know, the example you gave about leaded petrol and yeah. another example I know about trans fats, which yeah. uh, I think, so, you know, do you know that fries, McDonald's fries last times were, were, Cooked in beef fat, like oh. deep fried in beef fat. Do you know no, that? I, I think I I read it. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently in the seventies or eighties, that's when it they were made, and it was it apparently tasted like fucking like just an orgasm in your mouth, yeah, Right. Yeah. But then with the research that came up about trans fats, uh, and how beef fat has so much, uh, like of these other fats. No, I think sorry, trans fats was a result of that because beef fat was seen to be very. Uh, a lot of fat, a lot of cholesterol. So they came up with this synthesized or somewhat altered version of oil, which has which where the bad fats were replaced by trans fats, la. But then research showed that trans fats are also bad for you. But then now we're at a mm. stage where we can't go back. But then the reason I bring that up and mm. the examples of about lead in both those examples, there was research that showed how the product in question was affecting someone's health. Like lead, mm. you have lead mm. poisoning. You know, you have yep. research of kids who are born around like petrochemical mm. industries who have lead poisoning. The thing about fucking social media, right? There's no data or evidence on how social media, like, I don't know, pollutes your mind or something. And I think mm. that's the trickiest part. Because if you think about it, they Google controls like search, right? Mm. Facebook controls like your, almost like your relationships to a certain extent. Twitter mm. like is probably the most viral platform. So for those... I think it's a lot trickier and I think regulation would be good but how the fuck do you regulate? So that's why... But like I mean, are, are you sure that there's no research for 
for the ill effects of social media on your brain and things like that. Because I think that it's like, there's probably a lot more than, than we think. La. Correct. I mean, uh, okay, okay, there might be, but uh, I know I've heard the term diabetes for the mind being coined, uh, which I think yeah. is a is a is is a very apt analogy. Like yeah. you know, you eat too much unhealthy food, you get diabetes for your your body. Correct, correct. You yep. consume too much unhealthy shit, you got diabetes for your mind. And yep. um, I was reading up like a month ago on the topic of fake news and all that, and there mm. is research. There's there's no doubt yeah. there's research, but it's one of those things. You know, you know why mental health is only now being discussed more because. It's very hard to like if you're sick, if you have a cough, if you let poisoning, mm. you have physical ailments, right? Yeah. Things to do with the mind, I think it's a lot trickier to to ascertain the cause, the symptoms, and all that. No, but I think and, that's because and, you are looking at it in a very short term, uh, like literally, yeah. like social media has only been around for like ten years, maybe exactly. Or like that. But you exactly. know the the effects of lead poisoning actually the problem is, is it actually took a much longer time. So at that mm. point in time, also people were not seeing the effects in the short term, you see. Then only after yeah. a much longer period, then they realize that there were effects. Uh. So so that's what Correct. I'm saying is that that we are not ascribing to it uh you know that same amount of that that leeway uh, to think about in the future like what was, what's gonna happen. And then even just yeah. looking at the little bit of evidence that we have now just from the last ten years already, uh you know, Facebook is fucking, you know, fucking with elections. Russia is fucking with the US elections and I don't know where else and all that. So we we've seen there's a lot of evidence that, that it can be used in a very harmful ways. Uh. To, mm. to whether interfere in, in not just in people's health but also in the politics of dif- other countries and spying spying and things like that as well. Yeah. So there are oh. there are a lot of negatives beyond just the health as well that I think can be thought about as well. Correct. Uh, but but my argument to that is that mm. unless it affects people on an individual level, right, it's very tough. Look at climate change. There's yeah. so much fucking evidence that is not good for the world and all. But because right. people can't feel it, there's a lot of resistance and. I'm I, the thing about social media. I wish there's more research to show how it fucks up with your mind. But until people can yeah. literally feel it or be be aware of it, I think it's going to be a fucking hard argument. So, well, but then at the I same mean, time, I would say before the year two thousand, I mean, there was literally a point of time when, when you say people don't give a shit, like there really was people, a point when people really didn't give a shit, like about before the yeah. But I think and uh, one of the big moments was like when. An inconvenient truth that movie, you know, by yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and all that came out as well. Like, then you see a very, quite a change, like, uh, I would say a, a bit more of a paradigm shift in the way people think about things. And maybe not so much in Singapore because we are a bit behind in all these things. Like. But, but, mm. but a lot more other countries, they, they start to take uh, all these things about global warming much more seriously. Uh, and I yeah. mean, it feels like we've not progressed much since 2000, but we actually have a lot like, between 2000 and 2020. Mm. It's still, you know, it's you know, there's that that there's that symptom where we um we we don't feel we we what's that? I think Bill Gates said it or something like we we can't uh we we miss miss what do you call it uh we underestimate the amount of change that can happen mm. over a long period versus like that when we when we ask oh, what will change in five years you know then we have we make all these grand predictions about AI and all these things. But actually, the amount of change uh, when you, if you, it's better to think of the the amount of change that can happen longer term, and apparently it's more. I, I don't. I, okay, I'm fucking up this whole this whole quote from them <laughs> But the point is, <laughs> well, even in our minds, we think that oh, we've not made much progress. But actually, there has been like I think substantial progress. I I mean I agree. Stuff also has been more polarized But that one also has to do with politics more than anything But mm. broadly speaking, you know the fact that I go NTUC now and you know they they charge me for a plastic bag. I, I you know that's a it's a big deal to me, lah. When I went to Europe in the in the early two thousands, and then 
then they charged me for a plastic bag. I was like, what the fuck? This is like the craziest thing mm. that ever happened. It will never happen in Singapore. Then, you know, here we are now. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, I'm totally with you on the same page that, that yeah. I really hope there's research that comes out. All I'm saying is that, that that uncle you meet at your family gathering uh, mm. who says something like that, what do you say to him? Wait 10 years. Uh. No, I mean, you have to tell him, uh, if you can, you can try and talk to him. I mean, it's the same thing I, 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 I do when I go to a Chinese wedding and then there's shark's fin served. Uh. I leave it there. I leave it there. I, I, I just put it there in the center of the table. It's a very passive aggressive. Do you really do that? Do do, really do do that? Passive aggressive. <laughs> I push it to the center of the table. I say, no, not for me. And then I just sit there and just look at everyone else eating it. <laughs> and then, and then, so normally people like, will there be a conversation at all about the whole thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People will ask, oh, is it because of, cause you this, cause you that. Yeah, you know I mean, I just and tell then, them, I'll just I won't tell them fuck you all you're assholes, but I just say like you know, hey, yeah, I go diving, so to me it's very important to marine health, blah blah, and all that kind of stuff, lah. So 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 then, then, you say, then but you can have it, but you can have it you if have you it, want. You can have it. Go ahead, be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, be an asshole. Yeah, but yeah, I get what you say. I get what you're saying about yeah, like, It's tough to to change I people's minds. I mean, even minds, convincing la. some some of my uncles that coronavirus is real is fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, so it feels like the whole okay Facebook is bad for you is like secondary right now there's there's all these other things so that's why yeah. I think it's well I mean I, I hope there's some progress on it but but it's just a, a tricky tricky field yeah. uh, tricky yeah. tricky field yeah yeah tough one tough but, one man but yeah that's the that's the situation with Mahathir and Macron Mahathir. right now <laughs> Fucking ninety five and still still rocking still riling it, people up in at ninety five still riling people up. I mean, he's like that annoying grandfather lah. Except that, uh, he's fucking famous and influential. Yeah. Like you know, like your grandfather or like someone who's older says stuff uh that you don't agree with. It's like okay, but uh, not not Mahathir. Yeah. How yeah, many yeah, followers yeah, does he have? He has one point three million followers. God damn. Wow. Yeah, God wow. damn. But uh, yeah I mean, do you, do you have anything else on on this this topic, or should we move on to the next one? I think can uh. Yeah. Well, else, uh, you, eh, you have lost your skills of segueing, man. No, no, what I'm asking hell? you. Asking, I thought you might have something more to add. Oh to, no, no, to no, 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 no. So no, something man, that uh, yeah, talking about uh, something people who are old and and you're still running and everything. In Singapore, we just lost uh, a very old and long running long-running uh, entity, lah, something that has mm. woven into the fabric of Singapore history uh, mm. since for 100 and how many years? 162 years, I believe. 162 years. Basically, Robinson's, the department store, announced its liquidation and the shutdown of its uh, final two stores in Singapore on mm. Friday. Friday, right? Friday morning, right? Yes, Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning. And uh, yeah, it's caused a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of people are sad because I think a lot of Singaporeans have grown up uh, having visited Robinsons at least once or twice, you know, whether it's to buy bed sheets or, or, or just to, to you know, uh, hang out at Centre Point or whatever. Uh, well, what are your thoughts about Robinson, man, when you, when, especially when you heard this news? I mean, I don't frequent Robinsons. I know it exists, but I think yeah. the whole online commerce space has a, change the retail thing a lot like but honestly when I saw it was liquidating I was like oh shit how many brands in Singapore are 160 more than 100 years let alone 50 years uh? this one got founded in 18 fucking 58 no yeah, so when yeah. liquidation it just felt like oh shit then liquidation I mean 
we are <laughs> we can't talk much about that with regards to something that we are experiencing as well. Not yet. Uh, but the liquidation process we have come to learn can be fucking ugly for the people, the staff, the the people who are involved with the business. So I felt sad for the for the brand, but I also thought, oh fuck, what's going to happen to everyone else? That was my mm. first thoughts. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, I did feel a bit like, oh shit, you know, because it's such a long storied brand and it survived the, the, even the war. It survived the world war, man. Survived the Two bombs. world wars. Two yeah. world wars. Bomb attacks, you know, during the wars. Uh, it survived a big fire uh, on, I think it's Clifford Center branch back when it was open. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, but it couldn't survive coronavirus, man. Like, um, or at least coronavirus hastened the demise yeah. of the brand. Uh. So, uh, yeah, it's a sign of, of where things are. Um, but the, the, the thing that amused me a bit after that was how, uh, Singaporeans rushed to go and line up and shop mm. at Robinsons for one last time, as if there was a, I don't know, was there a fire sale or something going on? Like everything. No, uh, Robinson did post. Robinsons did? did post, yeah. Time for a shopping spree. So they fucking posted it on um Wednesday, which was October twenty-eighth, um, and saying that uh yeah, there will be a sale from October twenty-third to so they posted it after the sale had already started. They posted mm. it uh saying that time for a shopping spree from now till Sunday, 8 November, enjoy twenty dollars off with a minimum net spend, blah blah blah. What's more, blah blah blah. And then two days later, they talk about their liquidation. So it feels like <laughs> they were trying... Okay, because generally in a liquidation, uh, liquidation 101 is that when a liquidation happens for a company, the company's assets are put into the hands of liquidators who are essentially lawyers. La. And then the lawyers will look at whatever this company owns, try and sell it off to whoever wants to buy it. It could be as as, min- as specific as a table to fucking like a, a brand, a building to get back as much money as you they can get and then pay off the liabilities. Like. And most of the time, if a company liquidates, they don't have enough money to pay off the liabilities. So there's going to be people who will lose money. Like. So in this mm. case, I assume Robinson on Wednesday was like, oh, fuck. You know, let's just try and recoup as much as we can mm. before announcing it, I guess. So there was a sale already mentioned. I don't know what the take-up was. Yeah. But then when the liquidation happened, then people started going apeshit like. Yeah, people started queuing up, and then and then um, subsequently that evening, I think there was a darker side to it, which I think we're more familiar with as well, where one mm. of the brands, say local Singapore brands that con consigns goods to uh Robinsons and and you know, this, therefore their stuff is being sold there. Um, they posted on Instagram stories. I think it's called Lovera Collections. Uh, I'm gonna put it out mm. there because. Because they, they seem to want it to be public as much as possible as well. Uh. Yeah. But they yeah. are basically saying that um, in the midst of all this liquidation process, they I think there's over more than $6,000 worth of uh, goods or at least they're owed more than $6,000 worth of money after commissions uh, from mm. Robinsons, which, uh, you know, knowing how a liquidation process takes place, uh, then we're going to get very little of it back. Uh, but to add insult to injury, they were at first when they asked, they were not allowed to even take back the goods that they had consigned to Robinsons. Uh. So um, they literally had to run down to the store themselves on I think on a Friday, and to to find to to try and argue and get back the 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 goods that hadn't been sold yet. And then so they were also like, what the hell, you know, our shit is sitting there. We know we we might not get paid for it. Uh, but they suddenly have this fire sale and everyone's grabbing and grabbing everything for 
for cheap, you know. Uh, so yeah, they they just felt like um, so they they went on a very long Instagram stories, a series of posts about how uh, SMEs are not protected by trade laws when you know big big uh corporations like this go under la. and uh yeah. yeah, and that's a very a very 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 relevant topic to us also, which we will not talk too much about. But yeah, what do you think of that when you when you when I sent you those screenshots uh, specifically? I mean, I felt like that's when it it really set in. Uh, like, oh shit, people are gonna get fucked over by this. Like, people being owed money, and I mean, I guess if I w- if we weren't so well informed about the liquidation process, I mean, part of me would be like, okay, like, uh, yeah, you're owed, you'll probably get it back or something. But but no, like the liquidation process for for like the one we are familiar with is that every lawyer kind of like braces their their creditors who are owed money by a company in liquidation saying, okay, expect to get nothing back because liquidation is a process where the company is really like like in, in debt of a lot of fucking money and you have to be prepared to get nothing back. So when you sent me that screenshot, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Um, the, the general mood I felt on social media was like, oh, you know, it's a nostalgic brand and all that. And that's where a post by Sun Shui also, who's an MP, Mm. Um, she posted like a handbag that she bought from Robinsons in 2003 yeah. uh, and talked about how Robinsons closing is like oh you know there's nostalgia and all that but nothing about the repercussions like, because mm. and I felt like uh, yeah people and then in the comments people are reminiscing you know, but liquidation is a fucking ugly process and honestly mm. the consumers who are queuing up I don't give a shit about them like. mm. but for her to post that and kind of reminisce without addressing the impact it it could have. I felt like um, I wish there was more of that, like because the only reason we have a front row seat to the ugliness of liquidation is because yeah, like, um, it's it's something that has impacted us also, mm. but it's rarely talked about in the public, like. Yeah, and 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 if you've heard terms like, oh, you'll get one cent on the dollar and all that. A lot of times that's referring to the entire liquidation process, like, where basically for every dollar that this liquidated company is able to is able to get from selling its assets. That dollar gets split proportionately amongst all the the people who are owed money. So if you're owed the largest sum of money, you get the most of that one dollar lah. And then if yeah. you're owed if you're owed a smaller amount of money relative to the big pool, then you get much less of that one dollar And then you just keep, you know, for every dollar that comes in, it just keeps getting split up like that. And then there's also a hierarchy between creditors lah. So not every creditor is treated the same. Um. So all this is yeah, it's very depressing talk lah. But I guess what uh why I also thought it was like uh you know just bittersweet funny uh, not bittersweet like like tragically com comedic was like what you say like everyone's so nostalgic about the brand and all that but uh but probably based on this there's a lot more local SME brands that are gonna be fucked or gonna be gonna go down and gonna go under because of this they're not getting paid and properly and all these kind of things uh. so so yeah. it's like you want to be nostalgic about uh this big brand, okay, fine. But also recognize that, yeah, la, these decisions about liquidation are not like, they're not made overnight or anything. So, somebody just said, oh, let's just fuck everyone in the ass and then, so that we, so that we don't have to end up, so that we don't get fucked less than everyone else. La. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it sounds very cynical, but the truth is, ultimately, Robinsons is also owned by a huge group. Uh, it's mm. the Al Futame group and they own a bunch of franchises. They're basically a huge corporate, like, so, yeah. so I mean, it's sad for the brand Robinsons, but ultimately, yeah, the decision to close Robinsons was a decision made by the bigger group to cut their losses, la. And unfortunately, the losses will be will will trickle down to the people who are supplying the goods, la. So, 
And I mean, I don't know, just the fact that I, I, I can't, I don't know whether to hold it even to Robinsons for the post they put on Wednesday because the person posting it also probably got instructions. Okay, we're having yeah. a sale. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then chances are the person who posted it also had no idea about the liquidation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is that if you are thinking of going to Robinsons to buy something, I don't know, maybe look for that something and go straight to the person who's correct, selling it correct. because there are SMEs who supply to Robinsons, right? Yep. And, uh, SMEs, especially retail people making products, they've already kind of fucked over so much by COVID probably. Mm. Um, having this news is uh, really whack to the gut. La. So if you can yeah. help out the SMEs who supply to Robinsons, it'll be much better to go to them direct rather than go to Robinsons. Because whatever yeah. money Robinsons gets now will not, you buy a product from supplier A, it will not probably even reach supplier A. So just yeah. go to supplier A. Like like what, what was that that uh, uh, brand you, you mentioned just now? Lovera collections on you yeah. can look and them I mean, on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, Lovera, and we have no we have no communications with them or anything. Mm. They've just been public about it, and and we just want to highlight their plight, like, And to anyone else who's also going through the issue of being owed by Robinsons and all that, yeah, that's the beauty of social media, like, Because not many people know about the process of liquidation and how ugly it can get. So just share it with the world, man. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Al Futain Group is not a uh, Singapore. It's not a Singapore company, right? Yeah, it's not. But they, they I it, think they operate a lot of uh a lot of big franchises in Singapore like Zara, uh and and uh what else? Uh? I think Ted they, Baker, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Ted so Baker they Zara. Have, oh Toys R Us. Toys R Us, yeah. I, so they hold a franchisee right to IKEA uh in UAE, Qatar in yeah, in the Middle East. Toys R Us. So I think yeah, they hold the the rights of these groups and they act as like the distributor and all that lah. Um, yeah. So Robinsons, they in, as of April two thousand and eight, they own eighty eight percent of the shares of Robinsons. So chances are yeah, they were the ones who made the decision to pull the plug lah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, in some way, like okay, in their mind, it could be okay. The company's losing X amount of money a year. If they keep on losing, there'll be other people who will be impacted. Which is the yeah. corporate justification like The fact is, people get fucked over during liquidations. And mm. chances are they are the small guy, and there's nothing to really protect them, lah. Yeah, so and I think, yeah. So, so again, like you know, referencing earlier, where the argument I often hear is like, oh, but that's the cost of doing business, lah. You know, this capitalism. You know, you sign up for this in Singapore when you do this. That again, I would say that I think what like Lovera Collections is is trying to do is to raise awareness of of this happening, lah. That SMEs are very when it comes to situations like this, corporate. Uh, big corporates liquidating all that. SMEs often are the ones uh, at the short end of the stick where there's no organization to protect them. There's no organization to protect their interests. Very oftentimes, they have to pony up their own money to hire lawyers to be part of their liquidation process. And then even if they, they successfully get through the liquidation process, they get a few cents on the dollar. So like 1% to 2% mm. maybe of whatever they were owed. Um, so... Yeah, SMEs, and then for an SME, that is is it could be the lifeblood of the operation, right? As as opposed yeah. to like a big corporate corporation which has can project much further into the many years into the future, lah. So yeah, uh, I think what one thing that they they also received a lot of criticism and that kind of arguments of like, oh yeah, this is business where you're you're a lousy business person or you are lousy legally, you're not legally huh, they trained. That, uh. Yeah, they got they got they a lot of that, that on their comments. So you can actually go to the IG stories. They created a whole segment for Robinsons, and you see that there are some nasty comments saying like, hey, you shouldn't be putting this up because it's, I mean, it's a legal thing. It's not Robinsons fault. Blah 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 blah. And, and I guess maybe even the defense might be from some people who are very who are sad about the brand closing, lah. Right. 
because mm. she's the only one that seems to be saying don't spend your money at Robinsons you know where, you know uh, but what she is saying is that there should be awareness that the trade laws in Singapore very heavily favor capital rather than you know the the SME or the person on the ground and things like that lah. And whether mm. or not, okay, fine, you're you're Darwinian, you believe in the survival of the fittest, all that. Uh, again, it does not absolve ourselves of thinking. How can we help? Uh, you know, level whether it's level the playing field or make it a more fair one in the first place, right? Mm. Like mm. laws, there are laws in in you know other other countries or that that protect consumers more than they do in Singapore. For example, we always talk about Australia. You know how advertising laws protect consumers a lot more than in Singapore. Right. Yeah. And and so so that that to me also is is it raises standards. Ah. So there is a way, uh, there is a way to do things better. We mustn't always think that oh, there's no, Singapore's way is the only way. And and you know look because of course we're comfortable in Singapore, so that's the only way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think we should be striving and 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 challenging our lawmakers to think bigger out of the box rather than just post about what handbag they bought in 2003 at Robinson's to help think of solutions to help the SMEs that are impacted by this liquidation, right? That's yeah, why you vote your lawmakers in. Pose, uh. Yeah, so to me, it's like, it, it's just, I think awareness is the, the first thing, but after that also, it's demanding more of the lawmakers now, especially now because, yeah, the lawmakers, as you, as you know, they have a lot of power and they've been given a very strong mandate during this election. So we, we mustn't just, you know, uh, so easily just accept that everything, all this is just how it's always been, so we shouldn't change it. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, exactly like what you said, like, if you're just blaming it on people taking the risk of joining business, I mean, like, okay, yeah, you open up your own business, there is a risk, but when you have a commercial agreement with someone, uh, the law really does favor a big corporate law because if you think about the people in Alpha 10 or even the C general manager of Robinsons or something, yeah, they might lose a job, but they would have gotten their salary, you know? Um, mm. And that's one thing that is a big difference between running uh, an SME and a big corporate. La. An SME, a, a, a company closed down, and this is something that if anybody wants to fucking shit on us, we can have a one-on-one talk. We There's a lot that we are going... <laughs> I just wish we can talk more about it. It will come a time, okay? There will come a time, in, but we time. are... There's, there's, we know what we're talking about, uh, because of the stuff that we have been going through. And for a corporate, you get your salary, whereas for an SME, right, it's very, you're just a line item in the spreadsheet of someone else's spreadsheet, and it just goes on. So if you're an employee of a company that has just liquidated one of the sub companies, right, yeah, it's a business decision, sure. But the people who are impacted, right, is, is literally their livelihood, and it could cripple a small business, lah. Um, mm. like my, incidentally my, my girlfriend told me about this one quote two days ago which is very relevant now I don't know who said the quote but um, it's is it, basically is it when Naval, you Naval Naval no 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 no, no, no. Naval Rabikant <laughs> no 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 no. I also I also played okay fuck you know just to digress I played the part of our podcast uh, or that part to my girlfriend because to me that was one of the funniest things ever and yeah. she said yeah she's so happy that you called me out on my bullshit <laughs> and then I was like what the fuck are you talking what, about what was specific like bullshit <laughs> can you be specific what, what bullshit what was the part that she reson- resonated no, so uh, much with the, the other person who also knows you very well what was the part <laughs> tell me tell me the fact that sometimes I don't listen to people uh. <laughs> no I think you have to be a bit more specific than that you listen to your man crushes. You listen to like gurus on hey. Facebook and all that. Yes, you listen to this. You listen to those podcasts that you listen to. But who do you not listen to? Let's hear it. Like who? I don't know who you're talking <laughs> about. Like some people, lah. No, okay. In on that note, it also gave me a huge epiphany because I always 
tell my mom, mom, you know, like we tell you this, but you you should eat healthy. You don't want to listen, but you hear from uh. some random person on WhatsApp and you listen. <laughs> and then now I've become my mom. You have become oh, that God. person. <laughs> I've become that person. And it was a very tough thing to swallow. Like, holy shit, man. So yeah, yeah. I did not take uh, your comments at, at heart lightly. Don't worry. <laughs> I've made a lot of introspection and self-reflection and I can't guarantee that I will change, but at least I'm aware. Okay, I'm aware. But going As we back said, to what awareness said, is the first step. Awareness <laughs> yeah, is always exactly. the first step. Awareness, yeah. But but this, don't, go and post, don't go and post handbook, ha- handbag photo on Facebook, on Facebook after this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So she told me this one quote. Uh, I don't know who said it, but it goes, uh, when you buy from a small business, an actual person does a little happy dance. Mm. So I thought that was a... That was a nice, kind of a nice thing to humanize the the commercial transaction of buying something. Like if you go to Robinsons now, yeah, the liquidators who are lawyers who will take the first chunk of money that uh, Robinsons gets uh, from the sale of any assets. Uh, I don't think they'll be doing a little happy dance. La. But mm-hmm. if you buy from a SME, it really can make a difference to their, to their bottom line. La. So, yeah. So, yeah, if 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 that kind of like sums up what what we are talking about about the whole liquidation process, and I would urge you to just I don't know maybe we'll put a link in the show notes to like a liquidation one one to kind of mm. show you the the like before before we got impacted, I always thought okay, a company liquidates, someone who owes by the money by the company will definitely get their money back. Hell yeah, con- fucking contracts no. were signed. You know, like yeah, like contracts are signed between everyone. There's two copies. You have one copy. I have one copy. No man. Yeah, contract that, what? Yeah. Contracts don't mean Contract. shit in liquidation. Yeah, don't mean shit. So yeah, yeah we will but, put we will put some links in the show notes. Like, yeah, I think one thing I wanted to just caveat is that we're not uh pointing out the liquidators or the employees, the especially the CEO of the organization as villains or anything like that. Like. A lot of times, these decisions of liquidation are made at the at a much higher level, like board level and everything. That where the CEO himself might be caught of of. Like he would even know that this was coming, like, you know, it's possible. Uh then liquidators, although they are I mean, yeah, la, they they do, like you say, make the first chunk of money. But uh, that's not the reason to to be angry with them, like, because ultimately they're mm. also just doing their jobs. They're also just trying to make make money from this whole thing. Like. It's just that um yeah, la, we, we we I mean I do feel that the the whole pro- the, the legal process of liquidation itself just doesn't take into account the fact that the creditors at the bottom uh, who have signed contracts, who have paid contracts on paper, who have everything, are always the ones that 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 uh get fucked over the most lah. And yeah. is that is that some way to is there something that we can do to to help? Maybe maybe it's not about changing the law, but maybe looking at uh you know situations like now, like between now and whenever the economy picks itself up again, uh, any process of liquidation maybe needs to be go through a bit more a bit more scrutiny by regulators, right? You know, a bit like. Yeah, uh, because this is everyone knows that this is a very difficult period for business. It's a very difficult period for individuals and for corporate, especially a foreign corporate or what, just to make a decision. Oh, we're going to shut this this big company down and things like that. I mean, I'm sure that, that there needs to be a bit more scrutiny and beyond just the employees, like because employees at the end of the day are protected by certain employment laws and and very strict employment mm. laws, like. But you know, like like you say, SME creditors and all that are not, like. Yeah. And if you're in position of power or in parliament or something, don't just post about the sentimentality of a handbag you bought from Robinsons 15 years ago yeah. and how it is now uh, a memory of Robinsons and your adult years. Mm. Fuck, man. So yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe a podcast series on the process of liquidation. How does mm. that sound? How does yeah, that sound? Yeah, because 
because we have a lot, a lot of info on it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if you guys are interested, I don't know, maybe a reality TV show also. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, uh, so. I, I, actually, yeah, one thing I guess is everyone could help us is by telling us uh, if, if what we've just told you about this whole liquidation process, is it in any way surprising and what about it is surprising to you lah? Then I, because yeah. then we get a better gauge of what people don't understand about the pain that, that these SMEs and all that are going through, which might also help us as we are thinking about our issues as well. Uh. Yeah. And it might, I don't know, it might trickle down to whatever, who knows about the policy, the process of liquidation uh, when Terence and I uh, become ministers or something uh, mm. about how how people need to be educated and, and yeah, the general awareness of the process of liquidation and the impact yeah. of, a, of a big business closing up. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, yeah, any questions, just put it in the Reddit. Just put it yeah. in Reddit. Yeah, I think that one we will very actively answer because yeah. it'll be it'll be very quite cathartic for us as well. Yeah, cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know we have we have we have put a lot of carrots and, and dangled a lot of mystery and suspense. And yeah. there is a lot that we want to talk about, but for reasons which hopefully will come to light in future, uh we can't go into that much detail on this podcast. Lah. Yeah. So right. now yeah. on to our final segment. Yeah, one one eighty turn, something. Yeah, something a little more happy. Yeah. Well, what so, is your one shock thing? Uh, so my one shock thing is uh recently I rediscovered this um singer that I I don't think I've mentioned has a one shock thing. It's not Mark Rabier. It's not Harry Mack. <laughs> Shout out to both both of those two geniuses. But it's this guy called uh John Butler. Have you heard, have I talked about him? No. No. No, right? Okay. Fuck yes. So John Butler is someone who I chanced upon a few years ago. Um and he fucking blew my way, blew blew me blew, blew me away back then because of his skills with a 12-string guitar. But what uh, I want to talk about today is this one particular song called Ocean, which is like a 12-minute guitar instrumental. Which honestly, right, if you just want to zone out and go to another place, right? Just get some good earphones, uh, noise isolating earphones and all that. Just look it up yeah. on YouTube and just listen and close your eyes. And if you aren't mm. transported to some other world, some ethereal place that is not on mm. earth, uh, please let me know. La, because I am 100% convinced that it will fucking blow your mind. La. I know I'm setting up expectations very high, but uh, yeah, I do think it is that good. Mm. It's just him on a guitar, on a 12-string guitar for 12 minutes. You can watch the video to see him actually play it, but the song, holy shit, man. Like, I, I, the, re- I, the reason why it's my one short thing this week is because earlier in this week, I was on a bus and mm. I knew the journey was like 15 minutes and I was like, fuck, I don't want to watch something. Let me mm. listen to something. And then I realized this song, I put it, I closed my eyes and fucking the bus ride was the best ride ever. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Wow. Yeah. Not bad. This is cute also, is it, huh? This is cute, is it? No, it's good, like, it's good. You know, okay, so the, the you know the last podcast when I told you about Nawal Ravikant and you said the cute, cute thing? Yeah, my girlfriend <laughs> disagreed with you on that. Oh, it she was thought, the oh, cute, cute so thing. So Terrence, Terrence, no, I think I said something about, oh, you know, like, this fucking, like, some insight, some, like, quote and all that. Then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's cute. <laughs> fucking belittling, no. Wait, so she Piece disagreed with the use of the word cute to as a positive thing? Actually, la. no, la. She, she laughed and she said, wow, Terrence, not bad, huh? I was like, what do you mean no bad? Okay. He just belittled so my whole spiel for like two minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I when I say cute. it's cute, I, I cute. mean it in, totally in a term of endearment. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, something I give might try bullshit. out. Now you're yeah, being yeah, martyr. Yeah. Now you're saying, oh, it's all context. You know, I mean, it's cute. Yeah. Don't, let's not take away from the bigger the bigger thing that your girlfriend was happy about during the, <laughs> no. listening to the last podcast the call I bet she has it on repeat la. She re- every morning she wakes up she listens to it she's like yes finally someone has voiced out 
my pain. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell her about my podcast anymore. <laughs> no, none. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but from one, <laughs> from your, John your, Butler to uh, John Legend, or at least John uh, Legend's wife, lah. I don't yeah. know if you are, I mean, it's quite a sad, sad kind of bittersweet thing, but uh, his wife, Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen, right? Teigen, yeah, Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, she released a, a medium post uh, this past week that talked about the, I think it was a, do I classify it as a stillbirth, right? Or, or mm. I think they had their latest, uh, her latest pregnancy uh, was a very uh, unstable one. And then mm. after 20 weeks of carrying the baby, uh, it had to be, uh, it had to be what they had to push it out and then abort it lah. You know, basically abort the pregnancy and then, I think for they got to hold the 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 baby just for a short a short hour or something like that. Basically, yeah. it was a stillbirth lah, right? And uh, mm. uh, yeah, she wrote a very long medium post and and also put it on Instagram about it because what she was trying to defend also was that um she apparently she asked John Legend to. Uh, to take photos and take 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 photos of the whole of everything that happened during that entire process la. and, and mm. he was a very hesitant at first but what she said she just wanted to to make sure she knew exactly how she felt at that point of time and photos would be the best way to do that because a lot of people actually mm. criticized her for releasing those photos like why, why are you releasing these sad photos that are meant to be private moments in fact showing your you know uh, you know, stillbirth and everything is a very sad Woman, that should be just between you and your husband or what, and shouldn't be you know a chance for you to gloat about it on social media and things like that. So so she she mm. came out and said that she just did it because that was the only way she knew that she would, uh, she wanted to remember it uh, for life. So it was a mm. uh, yeah. I mean, I read through the whole thing and, and just being a newborn's father now, like it's a very sad, very very sad sad post. Uh. But at the same time, uh, yeah, like, I felt like it was a uh, it was very brave uh, for someone like her to you know put herself out there. And and uh, yeah. even force her husband to you know partake in this in this uh in the, something that wasn't very easy and can can totally see why she did it. I can totally understand why she did it after I read what she said lah. So I felt like this mm. one of those things that uh was actually yeah parts of social media that that was worth something that was worth reading and sharing. So even someone like like I, I saw even Xia Xue also shared it. And uh, I mean, Chrissy Tigan is, is is a bit of one of those woke characters, right? That you wouldn't expect Xia yeah. to be sharing stuff. But even Xia was saying that this was something worth sharing. La. So so it was wow. uh yeah, it was just I, I think it's just worth a read if you if you if you're a bit uh what do you call it? Yeah? Um if you're very numb about everything going on in the elections and all that, that social media in some ways yeah. also helps people to get over things. La. I mean that's awesome. I think Chrissy Teigen is one of those people on social media who I think yeah. Is fucking amazing, like just because of how mm. she managed manages to toe the line between being like snarky, sarcastic, and sincere as hell. Like. And I think, yeah. I mean, like what what you said, um, actually, I think is is fucking awesome because some person I have two friends who unfortunately had like uh, miscarriages, mm. um, two two uh, guy friends, and at one point, one of them said something which fucking just made everything you say very relevant, like like mm. uh, I think. He f- he found a lot of uh, solace in the other guy kind of talking about it, and mm, mm. it just dawned upon me that no one actually talks about what you go through during a miscarriage. Yeah, and like already having a kid, fucking I cannot fathom it, but having a miscarriage just fucking blows my mind to another level. And I yeah. think it's one of those things that if like her showing those photos, and I saw those photos, um, mm. and I was like, fuck, this is 
this is this is amazing like, because for yeah. people going through shit just seeing that I think it helps them know that yeah they, even someone like Chrissy Teigen who on social media is like this infallible celebrity you know who's never yeah. vulnerable I mean she's vulnerable but to see that I think was a great thing like. so yeah. god damn that, that sounds great as I mean, great the cyn- and, cynical side yeah. of me would say like oh yeah you see even celebrities with all the money and power and clout they have also things like that also happen to them like. and then um, mm. Maybe that makes someone feel like okay, this this is something that all humans go through, lah, right? So yeah, uh, it's a shared experience, and and, and in that way, it makes makes maybe gives comfort to that person, lah. Because you think about it, I, and I I just realized this myself recently, you know, uh, women who go through miscarriage, right? The baby comes out, lah, and after that, they still need to do that whole confinement, or you know, they you know they are still very weak after that, you know, even if the baby is small and everything, and and they don't have to take care of the baby. There's still like months. They have months of like after effects that they have to get through. Mm. So every single day is a, like a reminder of like what happened. You know, your body reminds you of what happened. That's why it's like, wow, it's them tough. Huh? It's really. And I can imagine. Tough. I mean, I'm totally going out on a whim here, but I'm guessing the way yeah. people get through being pregnant is okay. At the end, you're gonna have this fucking magic of life, lah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then it's yeah. almost like you, you, yeah, uh, yeah, like holy shit. Mm. Well, what a yeah. what a somber way to to end the podcast. Uh. Maybe you somber, should read that article and then yeah. and then listen to the music for twelve minutes to reflect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you okay. article, then John yeah. Butler's Ocean. If you want to say and what cute, if you want to say that it's cute now, yeah, totally okay. It's totally okay to say that my one shot thing. Is no, cute. no, no, I won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't because because like Michelle Obama says, you know, when they go low, we go high. <laughs> She said something like that, right? <laughs> when they go cute. Yeah, when they go. Then you go, what? You go. <laughs> no, no, I'm like, fuck off. Awesome, awesome. No, I will not say. No. <laughs> I know I've shared on Michelle, Michelle Obama's documentary, but for that, when they go they go low, you went, yeah, you went cute, and I will not stoop to your cute level. Don't try cute and Cute is like the best, the best thing ever. Cute is the best compliment ever. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's such a loaded word, yeah. Oh, God man. damn it. God right. damn it. So, yeah, cool. Catch y'all the next one. Yep. Adios.